Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. (laughs) And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a new little very exciting bevy that we'll we'll talk about in a minute. And this week we are talking what to expect when you're expecting and after. And we have a postpartum doula and new parent educator, Sherry Poe, with us to teach us, you know, what is a doula? What is the fourth trimester? Because we hear a lot about three trimesters, but there's actually a fourth, you guys. Mm -hmm. And what to expect postpartum. And while obviously Natalie and I are not having babies anytime that soon, I still think it's really important to just start learning about what to expect. I think you we spend a lot of time learning about pregnancy and then like childbirth, but then like you have a baby and then what? Right. And then what? Like truly, what happens when you get home? Yeah, I think a lot of people aren't like preparing for that. No, because you're so, I mean, I think you're so inundated with information about your pregnancy. And I also feel like everybody always has something to say, like, oh, you're going to like do this mm-hmm. and then that you're not really, it's kind of almost like, fear-mongering more than like, let me educate myself so that I feel more comfortable when I bring this little tiny baby home. Yeah. And even if you're not pregnant or expecting, like we all know somebody who is. Yeah. I have friends who are just starting to have babies and like there's your sister, your cousin, your, you know, it's like we're at the age where people are pregnant. Yes. One of my very, very closest friends is, is pregnant and I'm very excited to share this episode with her. Yes, but let's get into the drinky first because okay. you guys might not know this. We've brought him up before, but our like audio engineer, producer, Moss. Who's always in the corner. And he's we always, always right here. Yeah, he's always right around the corner, you guys. He went to Thailand for two weeks and brought us back drinks. Drinks. And they're so much and better than the ones that I brought today. So I, I'm so happy. Okay, so the first one is a... Butterfly pea and lime. He said kind of limeade vibe. The color is like, mm, ooh, what would you name it? It almost is like a grape powerade. Yeah. But it looks naturally colored. But the other thing that Ma said is that when you like sorry, I just I almost drank it, but I'll wait for you. Okay. (laughs) When you when you stew the leaves of this butterfly pea like flower. It's like a blue, but then when you add the lime, it turns purple. I can't wait. I know. Okay, let's take a sippy. Okay, here we go. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, my God. Wait, this is the most fun I've ever had. I know. <gasps> okay, well, I guess we'll have to rate it at the end of the episode, but <gasps> we also have to describe it what like it is. like a limeade. Okay, the other thing that Ma said was that Thai limes are different. They're a little more tart. Really? And I do feel like the lime flavor is a little... I, I feel that... I feel... Yeah. I like that it doesn't taste like fake. You know that taste that I hate? Yeah. When they're like diet and it's like... Yeah, it's in the back of your Yeah. Like, no, this doesn't have that... No. And I'm also, almost waiting for it to come. You know when like you have a lemony beverage and then it, you get that like weird in the back of your throat like... <laughs> you know? <laughs> I love how all the descriptions are... <laughs> yeah. You don't get that with this. I wish we could tell you guys how to find it. You have to go to Thailand. You might. Have to. I think you can order anything off Amazon nowadays. Anything. I wouldn't know how to tell them to. There's not one thing that I could tell you is on this. And I love that. 
you know, maybe it's just an experience for us to have. Maybe. Okay, well, let's get into introducing Sherry and bringing her on. Yeah, so she is a certified new parent educator, a certified newborn and infant sleep coach, a certified doula, and she's a mother of four. We've talked about Taylor on the podcast before. Yeah. We've mentioned Taylor. We've actually had Sherry's daughter on the podcast. Oh, my God. Yes, we have. Danielle, that's another great episode. So this is Taylor's mom. And she provides professional expertise based on data, science, and wisdom in all areas of newborn education and parenting to help guide new parents as they navigate early parenthood. Ooh, well, let's bring on Sherry Poe. Hello, Sherry. Sherry. Hi, ladies. How are you? We're great. It's so nice to see your beautiful face. Oh, thank you. And thank you for so much for having me on today. I'm really excited. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We're super excited. We're so excited. (laughs) I mean, obviously we're not in the space yet to start thinking about postpartum and being new parents. But I have friends that are starting to to get in that space. I have one friend that has a, a young baby. And I do feel like when that time comes, I won't know what to do. You know, I won't have all of that information. And I think you spend a lot of time getting ready for the pregnancy, but then you don't spend a lot of time getting ready for the baby. So you're a postpartum doula and a new parent educator. What would you say the difference is between like a midwife and like a doula, what you do? Well, there's a lot of, of differences actually, because a midwife is someone who is at home or in the hospital with you at a birth, and they are basically in charge of the birth, and then there's a doctor that they report to, whatever. Then there's a birth doula, which I am, but I don't do those. And that's someone who will birth with you at home and then go to the hospital with you. Okay. Very, very different than a postpartum doula and very, very different from a certified new parent educator and a certified infant sleep educator, which is also what I am. Mm -hmm. So these are all very different things. And just like you just described, so many people go into this pregnancy period and there's a tremendous amount of focus. It's all focused on childbirth, on that whole experience, which is very important. And it's very important to know the process and what happens, but people are not. And so that's kind of out there in the culture, right? Oh, we know about birth doulas, right? But people don't know mostly about postpartum doulas. They don't know about what comes after the birth. Mm. And what I said a minute ago, like the birth is a day or two. And then the postpartum period is three or four months long. Wow. A very unique period of time when these new parents who are first-time parents, especially, they're not prepared. They have no idea what's going to come after. I literally had three calls today from people who are like, um, we heard that we need to know some stuff about when we get home. Yeah, you come to <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. You know, so either they find me when they're pregnant or... They find me when the baby's three or four weeks old and the baby's completely screaming and crying and fussy and they go, oh, I have a baby who's colicky. And I go, oh, there's not so much colic out there as there are other reasons for why your baby's crying. So there's all of these things to put into place to educate them, which Mm -hmm. gives them a handle on how to even approach this postpartum period. And 
it's interesting. There's a, an amazing device out there called the SNU, and I don't work for him. That a pediatrician called Dr. Harvey Karp put together, and something called the five S's that he put together, which is pretty brilliant because I, as a mom of four adult kids, experienced those five S's when I had my babies. But as we know, that was, de- that was decades ago, and there wasn't any education around it. But basically, what he kind of described is this period called the fourth trimester. Mm. Yeah, I wanted to hear the about fourth, this. Yeah, the fourth trimester is the period immediately following birth that covers a period of newborn development, which is crucial for three to four months. I like to say they're newborns, and then at the end of the fourth month, you've got a real baby on your hand. And that baby acts very differently than they do in the prior three to four months. I was going to say, yeah, what are some of those like misconceptions about newborns and babies? There's a lot. I mean, people don't know. It's really simple. I specialize in something called the womb-to-world experience for these newborns. I like to describe it like they come out of the uterus, and there they are, and they're like, where the hell am I? (laughs) (laughs) They're not used to it. They're used to being this warm, dark, wonderful bubble of you know, amniotic fluid and a mom and it's always dark in there. And then they come out and they're like, whoa, it's like, whoa, it's like a whoa experience. So what I love what Dr. Karp talks about, which is the five S's, which basically what I specialize in, in as an educator is helping these parents to understand that we need to recreate the newborn's experience when they're inside the womb, mm. oh, okay. when they're what I call earth side. Mm-hmm. And that's literally from the baby comes out of mom, however they're born, vaginally, C-section, they're all, you're all giving birth. It doesn't matter how you birth your baby. And that baby immediately goes skin to skin on the mom's chest. That's called the magic hour. It begins then. People don't even know what skin to skin is, and they don't know what a magic hour is. And it is crucial for bonding for these newborn babies to let them know you are in a safe place Mm -hmm. because they know the mom's voice. If there's a partner, they know their voice and they will respond to them when they are speaking to them and they're doing skin to skin and they feel safe and like, okay, I'm in the right place. So then comes all the coaching and, and the learning. Well, what now? How often do I feed them? What about when they're crying? Well, there's seven different reasons that a newborn cries. What are they? Who knows? Who knows that? No one. Well, they cry because they're hungry. They cry because they're tired. They cry because they're overtired. They cry because they're overstimulated. Mm. They cry because they have a big poop in their diaper. Or they cry because they need something else. And we have to figure out what that is. And the the last one is they will cry if they haven't had enough bonding and contact mm. during the day hours with their parent or parents. So or, is, is skin one of the S's? Yeah, the what are those five S's? The five S's are suck, because they come out of the uterus and they need to suck on their fingers and they need to be in a S, swaddled, Waddled. to swaddle tightly so they know they're back inside a mom, but they can't use their fingers. So they have to suck to trigger something called the calming reflex which is the only way they know how to calm themselves. And we give them a pacifier for that reason. 
Mm. We use a pacifier equals purpose. We use a pacifier because they need to suck. Mm-hmm. And then they need motion. So they need to sway, sway, rocking, rocking, mm-hmm. rocking, rocking. And then they need another S called sound white noise. Because oh. in the uterus, it sounds like it's at the decibel of a vacuum cleaner in there <laughs> yeah. 24 hours a day. And they're also hearing this really loud. And you know what that is? That's a mom's heart beating. Oh, wow. Like flow going in and out. So there's something actually called a shusher that you can buy on Amazon. And there's something called the snoo, which rocks the baby for you. And that alone won't teach your baby how to sleep outside the womb because they have no idea how to sleep here, which is why I specialize in newborn sleep. But they need rocking. So who wants to stay up rocking all night like I used to with, you know, my kids? Yeah. Now there's a device called the snoo. So there's all these wonderful things that can help you get prepared. What do you think is the most difficult adjustment for a new parent? Do you think it's the sleeping? I get two outreaches constantly all day long. One is, I can't get my baby sleeping, my newborn baby sleeping. Well, why? They don't know how to sleep inside the womb. I mean, outside the womb. Sorry, that's my dryer. (laughs) (laughs) They have no idea how to sleep outside the womb. They don't. So we have to show them, and the parents are the first teachers. So I teach the parents how to slowly show your newborn baby how to sleep outside the womb. Mm. And they get it. They get it because their brain is like completely firing and they're able to absorb very easily what we're showing them. Mm. Yeah. Which is why newborns and new babies can learn a dual language or even three languages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their brain learns. Their brain learns. So, you know, I know a lot about the brain development of newborns and newborns learn how to be here through their vibes, through their senses. Mm. Mm. And they need to sleep during the day. People don't know that they need to nap. Well, what? Well, yeah, but if they nap during the day, they're going to be up all night. Actually, no. If they nap during the day, they're going to actually sleep better at night. So these are all, that's why I became a certified newborn and infant sleep specialist because it's very different in those three months to get your baby into a healthy sleep foundation. That's the number one thing. And they'll have that sleep foundation for life. That's number one. Number two, feeding issues with these newborns. Mm. How much do I feed my baby? How do I know? Like, that's a huge thing. If you're not feeding your baby enough and you're not in in a flexible routine of feeding in the right way, you will have a baby who is screaming all the time, up all night, and it's a nightmare. And a lot of moms, most moms I would say, would want, want to try to breastfeed. And that's wonderful if they have support because it's a learned skill between mom and baby. So if they have support, they can learn how to breastfeed. However, breastfeeding doesn't always go as well as you would think. And a lot of moms, a lot of moms get super anxious because they're either not knowing what to do or they're not making enough milk for their baby. And then because we, in this culture, we shame breastfeeding moms Mm-hmm. because they're failures if they can't make enough. I mean, that's just ridiculous. My perspective on this, and I was very fortunate to breastfeed four babies, but not all moms can do that. And there's a large percentage of moms who choose to do something different, whether it's breastfeeding, bottle feeding, or something which I call combination feeding, where you're doing both. Mm-hmm. So these moms, like, and the parents, whoever the parents are, they want to know their baby's getting enough and they're gaining well enough. Well, okay, 
if you want to make sure and you're not sure if the baby's getting enough, I'll tell you how to tell if the baby's getting enough. And if you need to do a combination and maybe, you know, supplementation of some kind. And then there are moms and couples or just single moms or whoever they are. I get all kinds of people to support. They choose to just bottle feed their babies or formula feed their babies. There's amazing, organic, incredible formulas on the market today. Yeah. Incredible. I have some of my favorites. And it is absolutely, absolutely important for us to understand as a culture that fed is best. Right. Yeah. Right. One thing you you just brought up that I find to be so interesting is a conversation about postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression. And obviously, um, you know, you work with all types of new parents. And I'm curious, what are some of the things that bring that about? And how can someone who's experiencing that manage those symptoms while also being a caregiver to their newborn? Yeah. That's an amazing question. Okay, there's a couple things. First of all, I screen people who I'm going to be working with, do even doing classes with, coaching with, whatever whatever it is. And I have a questionnaire that they fill out. And I ask them those questions. Have you ever had anxiety that out of the normal range? Have you ever been diagnosed with any kind of um, mental health disorder or emotional disorder? Do you tend to be a more super type A mom? Do you tend to be you know, all these questions to determine And then I'll have a conversation with them. 85% of all new moms will experience the baby blues in the first two to three weeks. 85%. And what that looks like is it can look like high anxiety, emotions all over the place because the hormones are going back to their way they were before you were pregnant. And it's almost like the range of feelings that you hear about, like when you have menopause or something, it's like your feelings are all over the place. You could be sad, you could be anxious, you could be joyful, you could be crying for no reason, you could be yelling at your partner if you have a partner, you know, all of those things. But there's a tremendous amount of anxiety normally, anyways, Mm -hmm. with a newborn. Mm -hmm. Is my baby breathing normally? Because they don't breathe like we do. What about sleep? They get really anxious about that. And anything can be very triggering for these new moms, which can then lead them into something called a postpartum anxiety situation, which is beyond the baby blues. This is more serious or a postpartum mood disorder or postpartum depression. So postpartum mood disorder is like anxiety out of the scope of normal. I have a self-check test that I have them take at about two weeks to see kind of in range where they are with their feelings. It's very, very important to keep a really close eye on that because that can, if a new mom is really anxious or just just so caught up in it. She needs support to talk about it. She needs to know what to look for. And so if there is a partner for the partner to look for, and one of the biggest issues, and I'm so glad you brought this up, that tends to make these issues more of a big deal or more severe, is if a mom who's delivered coming home from the hospital does not get some sleep at night. Yeah. yeah. That makes them... A, become way more anxious, way more stressed, they won't recover well, and it can impact their milk supply. We like them that baby has some milk, eat breast milk, even if it's pumped a little bit, if possible, but they need their rest, they need their sleep. And these moms call me and they're terrified. These pregnant people call me and they're going to be moms and they're 
really scared because they're like, I need my sleep. I need my sleep. How am I going to take care of my baby? And I set them off with a routine where they have to have a support person or a partner or anything. That person can actually help them in a lot of ways in the middle of the night so that that mom can then recover from birth. Yeah, yeah. Birth is a big deal. And, and the baby needs to be cared for. But the mother needs to be cared for. All mothers need to be cared for. Whether it's a postpartum doula or their mother is there or their sister is there or it's just the two partners, if there's partners together. What does that routine look like? Okay, the night routine? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, one of the things we want to do is keep the baby calm throughout the day. Because babies who are stressed, first of all, if the mom's stressed, the baby will often feel that stress. If babies are stressed, their cortisol levels rise. And when their cortisol level rises throughout the day, meaning if they're crying and they're like going like they're not calmed down, if they can't be calmed down, then that messes up the nights completely. Mm. So I like to keep people (laughs) from getting too stressed. So I have this like when in doubt, reach out function, which is like they can call me and I'm like Google, but I give them the right answers because every baby's different and Google's not going to give you the right answers. So that's one thing. The other thing is I educate the support person and they're usually is someone. If it's not a partner, it's a mom, it's a sister, it's somebody. I educate the support person how they can help take care of the baby so that this new mom can recover in the middle of the night. And there's a number of ways to do that. But these people have no idea that that's even possible. Yeah. Mm. Wow. But it is. I have a whole, I call, it's a called a partner support cheat, cheat sheet. And it's for partners. Okay, here's all the things you can do. <laughs> you can burp the baby, change the baby, do the five S's and get the baby back to sleep. That new mom can be sleeping that entire time. Yeah. Or if they're doing a combination feed type thing, you can actually give the baby with a certain method that I teach a little milk in the middle of the night through a special bottle with a special nipple with a special technique. (laughs) You can can do that in the middle of the night for a feed or two. And guess who's going to sleep? Mom, is she going to feel like a new person? You can't sleep in the hospital. It's like impossible. They come in every hour and a half. They get home. And they haven't slept for a couple of days. They're fried. Yeah. Yeah. I can They're only, really fried. I can only imagine. I'm curious, Sherry, now that, I mean, you've brought it up a few times now that you have four kids. We, you know, Natalie and I know them. They're incredible. What has changed in terms of when you were a new mom and now in terms of information and support, like what is something you, you wish you had? <laughs> everything I know now yeah yeah <laughs> I'm sure somebody calls I'm sure. me and they're like yeah we don't know anything and I'm like and one of the first things I say to them is I've got four grown kids they're all major adults and I wish I had had a me to talk to about this mm-hmm. and learn from even one time yeah. so everything has changed since the last 30 years since I had Taylor who you know Everything has changed. We have science, we have evidence-based research, information that is crucial. All the things I've talked about in this time together, all of those things, we didn't know any of that back then. There were no doulas, there were midwives, and I had a midwife 
once, twice, actually, but they didn't know anything about after. Mm -hmm. Um, There was only La Leche League, and you had to call them on a real phone. You couldn't text. You couldn't do anything with them, get information. You know, the pediatrician doesn't know anything. So you're basically out there on your own trying to figure it out. And I didn't know that, you know, my husband could have helped me. Yeah. I mean, he slept all night and I'm up not knowing what the heck to do. Yeah. And I was exhausted. I mean, I was fried. I did have postpartum anxiety with my first because I didn't know anything. And it, it was not, a, that is, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. It was full-blown postpartum anxiety. And today, thank goodness, there are wonderful postpartum therapists and wonderful medications that you can be on. And still, if you choose to feed the ba- breastfeed the baby, you can still breastfeed the baby. You can pump that milk and give it in a bottle. It's fine. It doesn't pass through. Wow. Um, thank goodness. Because I, I was one of those. I needed medication. Yeah. I was one of those people that really needed medication. Um, and then with my last one, I had postpartum depression. It was very, very difficult. Yeah. Well, 85%. Um, I mean, like, like circumstances that were happening. Hmm? The 85%, it's so much more than you think. And I think that right. maybe also in the past 30 years, there's been a shift in perception of new moms and, you know, anxiety disorders and everything that that comes with. And also yeah. with, right. with in a traditional conventional setting, I guess, the father being more active because it sounds like when you first had your first kid it's kind of all the mom's responsibility and the dad sort of is like more hands-off which is maybe a little different now absolutely 100 percent, natalie it's 85 percent 85 percent of all new moms go through the baby blues yeah it's a two to three week period where you are like, your emotions are like a ping pong ball. I mean, it is really difficult. And if you had a birth, you know, births, babies are born, they have their own journeys and every birth is different. And all of my births were different and all of my children are different and every baby's unique, right? So if you have a birth that you weren't planning on having, like a C-section or something, there's a lot of feelings around that. And it needs to, they need to be processed. One of the things I do with clients is I process their birth experience with them. Like, how, how was it for you? And how are you feeling now? One of the first things I'll do when they're like, oh, God, my newborn, like five days old, has questions. It's like, okay, can I ask first, how are you doing today? What are you feeling mm-hmm. emotionally, physically? When mom's best, baby's best. Yeah. yeah. When mom's calm, baby's calm. Mom's a hot mess or the partner's a hot mess. Guess who feels that? The baby does. They're so sensitive. They feel everything. Yeah. So I just wrote a blog on um, uh, Feed from the Heart because that gives moms permission to go with their intuition about what they feel is best for the baby and best for themselves. That's going to be the feeding journey that causes the least amount of anxiety. No, well, that makes sense why you're so passionate about what you do. And now you have your group classes too, where you can continue your education. And I wanted to talk a little bit about your group classes that you offer as well, because I think that also is that support system that people need, right? It really is. And I wanted to offer, especially going into COVID season again right now and all of that, 
I wanted to offer everything that I teach in person, I wanted to put online, Mm -hmm. but, but not just downloadable video. This like me, you get me, you get my new parent class, which is a game changer. And it also covers postpartum and it also covers breastfeeding. And it's a very comprehensive class. And I have my digital resource library links, my PDFs that I've created, which is literally like everything they need to know that I've created. They get that with the class and they get two weeks of coaching with the class. It's like, and it's very affordable. And that's the new parent class. That's one class. Then I have a newborn sleep class. Oh, wow. and I, Yeah. And I recommend to everyone who's expecting that they take both of them. And, and I have like a bundle price. It's very, very affordable because you're going to get not just the information that you need and like the beautiful PowerPoints and like me talking, but you're also going to get these resources yeah. that they take with them. They're really wonderful. And actually, I have people signing up from, for, they're all over the country signing up for them. So they're online on your website and they have the information like forever. They can go back. It's not like a live class. It is a live. They yes. are a live class. Oh, they're live. Okay. And they have the information that they can keep going back to are the digital resource library links. Oh, okay. Okay. And I mean, everything's in there. How do you know your baby's, um, if your baby's breastfeeding, how you know they're getting enough? There's a PDF for it. Daytime sleep. What was that again? Daytime routines. There's a PDF for that. Nighttime routines. There's a PDF for that. Burping. There's a PDF for that. I mean, it's everything. And I've worked for a very long time. on putting those together. Yeah. And they're amazing. They're really amazing. So I'm really excited that I can finally bring these classes out. My goal is honestly, you guys is to spread the word about all the issues we've been talking about. Like I'm on a mission. And so I just want to get it out there in a bigger way because everyone needs to know these things, not just people who like, you know, live in Los Angeles or Santa Barbara and can afford for me to come in in person. It's just, yeah, yeah. it's, you know what I mean? And that's why I'm so passionate about getting these done and having them now available to people. No, well, that I mean, that is so amazing. And, you know, we always say the second we I know I was just going to say space, this, Sherry, we can't wait to have you. <laughs> I'm like, I need Sherry as in our the room. resource. We're, we're, we're a few years away from that. And I'll, but, be, and I'll be at the hospital with you guys. No, yes. no. And so we're very lucky, but I'm glad that other people who don't get to know you personally like we do can still benefit from all of your education. And we're going to link everything you're doing in our show notes for our listeners so Thank that they you. can pass Thank it on. You. Even some, Even if they personally maybe aren't expecting or have a newborn, they can at least pass it on to someone they know. I mean, we all know somebody in that kind of space. One of my friends is pregnant and I'm like, okay, I'm going to send that to her. Yeah. Oh, she needs it. There's a link that I just put up, actually a landing page, which takes you right to what we're talking about. Yeah. If people know their sisters could be pregnant, they could be living in, you know, Florida or Chicago. It doesn't matter where they live. Um, Their sister, their friend, their next door neighbor, it doesn't matter. It's just anyone who's pregnant really needs to know this stuff. It's just, it makes so much of a difference, you guys. I, I cannot tell you. So I'm, I'm thrilled that we've been able to talk about these issues because, you know, me as having had four children and having had postpartum mood disorders, like this stuff is real. Mm-hmm. Like this yeah. stuff is real. And, and what I didn't know until I got the um, additional certifications and trainings that I have is that everything, let me, let's just put it in perspective real quick. The newborn brain 
from day one to 12 months old is developed 50%. Wow. 50, and 30% by the time they're three and 50% when they're five. So the way they relate to the world and everything else, the bonding experience with parents, creating an emotional secure attachment, that will follow those newborns for the rest of their lives. Yeah. I teach parents about the importance of baby wearing, about contact napping during the day, about having contact with your baby, not just putting them down all the time. Like they need, they have needs. Mm -hmm. And I teach people, what are the needs? How do you show up? Yeah. I think that's so, so beautiful and so necessary. And you're doing such great, amazing work. That's truly changing people's lives and shaping young little minds. And um, it's such great work. So thank you so much, Sherry, for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge with us. We're going to link <laughs> to your website and your landing pages and everything that you have for our listeners so they can connect with you. And we're right. going to have to have you back on whenever we're, I know. you know, <laughs> expecting it. We can do it all over again. And I think you got a book on your hands. I do really do. You know where I am. <laughs> yeah, we do. We know how to find you. My whole world's about this. So, yeah. It's so great to see you both. And thank you so, so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Sherry, have a great rest of your day. Bye, Bye. guys. Bye. That was so educational. So educational. She's like so passionate about mm -hmm. this topic. I mean, I think anybody could hear that. But even just in when we see her outside of a professional setting like this, she still wants to talk about babies and sleep. Like she, this is really, truly her mission yes. to educate people. And she's obviously so good at it. And well, I um, also think, yeah, I mean, her experience of being a mom of four and not having access to this information and now having it, it's like, of course, you want to share it. And it's so beneficial to life changing. New, yeah, literally life changing for newborns and also for new parents. Yeah. You know, I, it's such a stressful time in your life. And so to have some sort of support or like community, it's like, you know, priceless. Yeah. But let's get into our drinky. And I realized that, you know, when we, we talked about this drink, I said butterfly pee, and I'm reading it, right? So I, it's P-E-A. It, it's right. not... It's not butterfly pee. I realized pee. it could sound like butterfly pee in right. lime. And that would be real interesting. I don't know if butterflies pee, but that is not what this is. No. This but, is like a sweet pee. Yeah. Or like a green pee. Yeah. But I just realized, I feel like I got to tell people. But yeah. then I'm like looking it up. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. You're right. It's a flower. It's a really pretty blue, Bright purple flower. blue, purple flower. And they mix it with lime. How fun. Okay. Well, okay. Let's go to our hottie. Yes. Our hottie this week is Brooke Shields, because you may or may not know this, but she was like one of the first public figures to come out and talk about postpartum depression. Yes, and I remember this. Yes, and it was a big deal. It was. It was a huge deal. Like, she, and, and just to, you know, we talked about how much things have changed, because she got shredded. She did. People were so— Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. He was like, there's that whole famous thing where he was, you know, talking about how she was wrong for that and that it, like, doesn't exist or something. Well, and She shouldn't have her kids or something. Right. And yeah. she doubled down and she was like, dude, 
get a life <laughs> because I'm going to tell you this is real. Yeah. And here we are, you know, 25 years later or, or whatever, and we've made so much progress. And she really kicked it off. She really did. So one to Brooke Shields, the <sighs> whatever Zero Cow called. DJ Poom, Butterfly <laughs> Pea and, and Lime, made Drink from Thailand. I really like it. Listen, I really love that it doesn't have that weird aftertaste. I'm going to give it a brook because it's so refreshing. Yeah. And I could truly pound these back all day. Yeah. I could have a lot of these. A lot. And I'm not just saying that because we have a, because it's an exciting new beverage. Like, I genuinely really like it. I do too. Are you I going brook? I was going to give it a nine. Okay. So a nine and a half. I think a nine and a half. Okay. Okay. Nine and a half out of Brook Shields. All right, this is the part of the episode where we play a little wrap-up game, and this week it's Recent Obsessions. Recent Obsessions. Oh, I know what mine is. So, mine is (laughs) kind of embarrassing, and it's also, it's recent for me, but it's not recent. Do you remember the Try Guys? Oh, yeah. My recent obsession is the Try Guys. Okay. They're still operating in full force, didn't they lose one because one cheated on its wife, uh, uh, his wife? Yes, yes. Okay. They, they... Why do I even know that is like... Oh, that was like... Global news for some reason. Because I remember when they first came out, like, on BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. And they, it was, like, fun, you know, whatever. Then I just, I didn't watch them, obviously, for years. Mm-hmm. Then the whole thing with Ned cheating on his wife. And, like, his whole personality was how much he loved his wife. So it was, like, a scandal, right? And then randomly, a couple, maybe, like, a week ago, one of their videos popped up on YouTube. And it was, like, the Try Guys... I don't remember what they were trying. Something. Oh, trying all these different tacos in LA. Mm. And I was like, I want to see what all, where are the best tacos? Yeah. So I watched it and then I watched another one and then I watched another one. Mm -hmm. And then now, (laughs) I just love love a Try Guys video. Okay. So this reminds (laughs) me of when, and one thing I've never admitted out loud is sometimes I watch Mr. Beast videos. Oh, you do? Have you ever watched a Mr. Beast video? No, I've heard of this. He, he's the one in, with the hamburgers, right? The Beast Burgers or whatever? Oh, maybe he has that. But he does like the million dollar challenges. He's like a big middle school boy YouTuber, right? He's this guy. Yeah. So like basically he has this big warehouse in the middle of nowhere and he does like challenges. Like one was, oh my God, this was a really interesting one. He had people from every age from one to, no, not a hundred. I want to say it was close to it. Uh, Representing every single age, he brought them and he put them in a glass container and he was like, how long can you stay in here? What the fuck? But you had like a million dollars on the line and there was different challenges. They had like a five-year-old in there. And it was just like, how long do you, can you stay in this little box? Who, who, what age one? Oh, let me see. Couldn't have been the one or the 100-year-old. I don't think it, okay, wait. Who won age, Mr. Beast's age challenge? Oh yeah, ages one through 100, $500,000. What do you think one? I'm going to say 47 it's got to be someone in their 20s. Right? I know. Yeah, because it's also like how many hours? Results. Oh, my God. While you're looking for the results, I'm going to mention one super quick recent obsession because Corinne's wearing a Ford Bronco shirt, and I am upset. You know, I love the 1960 
two Ford Bronco. It's like one of my favorite cars. But I am obsessed with the new Bronco crash videos. Oh my God, they crashed so bad. I can't get enough. <gasps> what did you say, 47? Yeah. 40-year-old man. <gasps> wow. Yep, 40. 40. Okay. So he does like fun challenges like that. Yeah, I can see the intrigue. Yeah, and it's like, but there will be different things. And he gets really creative, but he's always giving away lots of cash. Wow, I put me in a box. I think he's also part of, I just saw this today. So Mark Wahlberg, no, Zuckerberg. <laughs> Zuckerberg announced a new like AI chat thing that you can do. Oh. And you can now chat with the essence of celebrity of certain celebrities so oh. mr beast is one of them oh kendall jenner i think lebron james oh. and it's like you could like ask them for style advice oh. and it the ai is that like i guess they did a bunch of testing or whatever right and it's supposed to answer as if they are them wow it's giving dystopian hell yeah <laughs> yeah uh, which my recent obsession is and i think i've talked about this in passing but is ai you're, yeah, we've talked about your obsession with ChatGPT. Okay, so that's what I'm going to talk about. Okay. Because I just want you guys to know, I mean, obviously I've been using it for games recently, but the things I'm writing on here, now, you know, there's obviously needs to be regulations. You can ask it to do just about anything. Oh, I know. I've asked it to like, the one thing I will say is that you do got to double check. Sometimes I'll ask it math questions or like, can you break these things down into percentages? When I tell you it's so wrong... <laughs> You do need wildly to wrong triple check. Yeah, and I'm like, mm, that doesn't sound right. Can you double check? Then they'll give me the same answers. Then I'll like manually check, and then I'll tell them because I'm like, oh, they're gonna need the feedback. And I'm like, hi, you're wrong again. But here are the answers. And then they're always like, you know, <laughs> thank you, thank you so much, King. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you said the other day, this was you, right? When you were like, I asked it to like plan my day out. Yeah, I was like, amazing. Oh yeah, but sometimes it will tell it will like say, you know, it will give me some sort of task, but then it'll put it in like a 15-minute slot that I didn't realize that they gave me 15 minutes for and I needed like two hours for. <laughs> okay. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So, it's like, you got to power check. wash your windows. Right. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. <laughs> you really got to double check what they've, what GPT Because has it's not given. a human. Right. That's the thing. What is GPT? What is, is do it, I think ChatGPT will be the downfall of humanity? Yes. I Am I going to use it so. while it's still in beta? Sure. I sure will. <laughs> do you, I, and you know what? I think ChatGPT is a girl. She's feeling girly. I feel like she's maybe so apologetic. I'm used to Siri. And, yeah. And she's just so attentive, you know? She's attentive and she's always like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. She's like, like girl, don't apologize. Yeah. And I'm like, no worries. Trying. I'm just trying to tell you that yeah. all the math was wrong. <laughs> So, I don't know. Play around on there. And for, for schedules and things like that. Um, what was I trying to get it to do that it was Oh, like, I have it write me uh, rough drafts of emails. See, uh, but you know I love? One of my personal... Corinne is... You don't need... Obsessions yeah. is writing a fantastic, concise email. She does a great email. Yeah, you do a better email then. That's the thing with AI. Humans are always going to be better. It does sound... Like, not a person. Right. That's why it's it's a rough draft. And then I go in and I'm like, okay, this is like a structure that I can follow. And then let me make it sound like I'm a human and not whoever GPT is. GPT. My sister, uh, Leah, she wrote, she got it 100% on like her, this AP seminar speech she gave. And I was like, what? And so I was like, can you like read me your speech? And she was like, yeah. So she read it to me. I said, you didn't write that. I said, yeah, GPT wrote that. And she was like, no, I did. And I was like, no. The teachers can tell, too. 
she said, what word did she use? I was like, you're 15. You didn't put in like, oh, and this applies to. This applies to. That's like when I was 15 and I was in French. Applies to. And I had to write something and I just obviously did Google Translate. And she's like, did you use Google Translate? And I was like, no. And she's like, well, you're using a lot of conjugated verbs that I know you don't know. (laughs) And I was like, I looked in the back of the book. I don't know what to tell you. The back of the book. (laughs) I saw in the back of the book. Yeah. I'm reading ahead, ma'am. Obviously didn't believe me, but I really tried it. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting to see how this will go. But anyways, those are our recent obsessions, you guys. And if you like this episode, you guys can share it with a friend who's expecting or maybe thinking about starting a family and share it with them because mm-hmm. it is such useful information. And again, we'll link everything that Sherry's doing in our show notes. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Love you guys. Love you. Love you. 